Hey guys, just a quick warning. This video goes into some very um, touchy subjects uh, that are quite emotional. I'm sorry for my um, emotions getting the better of me. Uh, I hope you understand and will um, treat the video accordingly. Uh, I've thought about it and I'm going to go ahead and use that footage because it was just the first take and I think it's important to uh, communicate um, also those emotions because I, I think that all factors in to even our logic as well. We might try and distance ourselves from our feelings when it comes to certain um, topics and events and rationale. We probably like to think that we can disconnect, but I think even I've got to acknowledge that um, my past and my emotional side um, play their role. So, hey, let's, let's roll the film. Welcome back, boys and girls. We're going to be doing some Nancy Drew-style um, investigation today because I want to ask you, which side of history do you stand? Have you done your homework? And is history repeating itself before our very eyes? Let's answer that question right now. Here we have Claire Daly. We featured Claire um, for her outstanding speech and voice of reason in the EU Parliament. Uh, on my own channel yesterday, I highlighted a comment that has mysteriously disappeared from a Ukrainian activist seeking to block my channel. What was amazing is caught live on camera was how his profile changed to a very strange red and black flag as opposed to Ukrainian flag. Let's just take a quick look at that clip again. Well, you can't blame me. Look, he's got the SS lightnings. I mean, that's not a good look, dude. I mean, who are you? Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, I got tab suspenders on there. This is, yeah, this is Europe, Ukraine. Oh, changed to red now. Awesome, even better. Is that a glitch? That was the Ukrainian, but now, no way. It's been changed. Interesting. Yeah, it looks, yeah, looks like blood, I guess. There we go. And as many of you have commented, that is the flag of the Banderites or the very far right Ukrainian uh, faction, let's say. Um, let's let's try and avoid the short name for the National Socialists. Let's just say that's that's one of the problems in Ukraine. Now, it turns out that as Claire Daly has pointed out here, our dear friend, Angel Jambazki, who had such, um, you could see he, he hated the idea of not warmongering, you know, anything, anything that Claire said about peace, he had a visible horrified reaction to this guy. He, he loves his, his war. He loves his violence. Um, you know, I, I think there must be a deep hatred of Russia buried in there, but that's me speculating. Let, let's go on to dig deeper into this because apparently there's a clip of him doing a Nazi salute. Um, what we've got here is, is yeah, Angel Jambuski, Bulgarian MEP, sanctioned for perceived Nazi salute. That's an interesting screen grab there. And that hand, and the way he's doing his button, that's quite coincidental, isn't it? Because I, I thought there was a, a hand on the chest there. Maybe, but you know, you know, it's perceived. Angel Jambuski will have his daily substance. Daily subsidy allowance suspended for six days, equivalent to 2,000 euros for a perceived salute. National salute. The guy should be kicked out. 
yeah and but how do you prove it you know it's all about intention isn't it in the court of law let's try and stay let's try and stay quite reasonable here because this national socialist gesture in eu parliament was an innocent wave says angel jambuski uh, that's his that's his defense okay there's an innocent wave so let's have a look at what he did because here's a tweet from renaissance uh, underscore ue en français uh, def uh, translated uh, because he defended the rule of law in the EU, uh, Sandra Gozzi was insulted by the MEP Jambarski, who left the hemicycle with a scandalous National Socialist gesture. We have, you have our full support, Sandro. We call on Ms. Metzola, EEP president, to take action. So let's just see for ourselves and, and judge, shall we? Respectueux à l'égard des collègues qui sont dans l'hémicycle. Merci. That's interesting, isn't it? Let's have a little look. That's a very straight hand, isn't it? Oh gosh, my camera. It's very straight. See, a wave, I would put more splayed fingers and sort of flatter. But that was, it wasn't quite flat, you know, it wasn't quite straight. It was fairly up, wasn't it? But then that unbuttoning was quite well-timed, wasn't it? Oh, unbuttoned my jacket. Very interesting. Judge for yourself. Judge for yourself. He's, he's obviously been punished, so to speak. So where does this take us? Uh, because there's a lot of talk of the Azov, isn't there? Well, let's let's do some digging back into the Jerusalem Post of 2016, January 18th. In fact, US lifts a ban on funding neo-national socialist Ukrainian militia. And it mentions the Azov battalion. With the neo-national socialist Wolf's Angel symbol on its unit flash, which resembles a black swastika on a yellow background, the founders, drawn from the ranks of the paramilitary national socialist group called Patriot of Ukraine, the group would have been a fringe phenomenon in any Western nation. But with its army unequipped to face the separatist threat in the East, Kiev has actually integrated Azov into its military forces. Let me zoom in a bit for you guys on mobile devices. That's better, isn't it? The news that the Azov Battalion is now legally able to receive American aid has enraged the Simon Weissenthal Center, which last week successfully blocked the battalion from holding a recruitment meeting in Nantes, France. France. In recent years, the United States has purposely ignored the glorification of National Socialist collaborators, the granting of financial benefits to those who fought alongside them, and the systematic promotion of the can canalt of equivalency between communist and national socialist crimes by these countries because of various political interests. Russian aggression is a much bigger threat than Azov, Likachev insisted. There we go. Let that sink in. This, this is um, the Jewish community here. Uh, or at least one representative speaking on behalf of VAD. Wow. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper because we've heard Banderites, haven't we? Who's Stepan Bandera? Well, Stepan Bandera actually has a rather in-depth Wikipedia page. And it's, let's zoom in again for you guys on mobile devices. And it's very thorough. It lists a lot of history here. And, and there's some key points to go through and to who this absolute scumbag really was this there's this, i can't stay neutral talking about this fella according to stephen dorrell author of mi6 inside the covert world of her majesty's secret intelligence service ounb was reformed in 1946 under the sponsorship of mi6 
The organization had been receiving some support from MI6 since the 1930s. One faction of Bandera's organization associated with Mykola Libid became more closely associated with the CIA. Some American intelligence reported that he even was guarded by former SS men. <laughs> We've seen that symbol a lot, haven't we? His organization perpetrated many crimes, including hundreds of thousands of murders, counterfeiting, and kidnapping. After the Bavarian state government initiated a crackdown on it, Bandera reached an agreement with the BND, offering them his service. Despite CIA warning the West Germans against cooperating with him, this guy would work with anyone in his stated aim of killing Russians and, in fact, Poles as well. In 19, uh, late 1942, when Bandera was in a German concentration camp because the Wehrmacht and the Gestapo got wise to him playing all the different roles that he could uh, for supporting his organization, they actually locked him up. His organization, the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, was involved in a massacre of Poles in Volhynia. And in early 1944, ethnic cleansing also spread to eastern Galatia. It is estimated that more than 35,000 and up to 60,000 Poles, mostly women and children, along with unarmed men, were killed. during the spring and summer campaign of 1943. Excuse me. Let's move on. Bandera was an anti-Semite and Nazi collaborator. Ukrainian nationalism did not historically include anti-Semitism as a core aspect of his program and saw Russians as well as Poles as the chief enemy with Jews playing a secondary role. So there it is in black and white in front of you. And you can read it all for yourself. Attitudes in Ukraine towards Bandera, a national survey conducted in Ukraine in 2009, inquired about attitudes by region towards Bandera's faction of the OUN. It produced the following results. In Galatia, provinces of Lviv, which is very much in the West, 37% had a very positive opinion of Bandera. 26% a mostly positive opinion. In Volhynia, 5% had a very positive opinion, 20% mostly positive, 57% were neutral. In contrast, in central Ukraine, compi comprising the capital, Kiev, as well as the provinces, and you can read through, including Sumu there, we've heard that name before, attitude towards Bandera's faction of the OUN were 3% positive, 10% mostly positive, 24% neutral. Uh, excuse me, that's just a light fixture falling. Um, so you can see the breakdown here of Odessa, Mykolaiv, Kherson in there. As you move to the east and to the south, very much more negative. 48% very negative. 
you know you can see that attitude as you move down and these are the areas that are highlighted on the maps that the the russians are moving into occupying these are the people who want nothing to do with those animals in the west particularly centered around Lviv. A poll conducted in early May 2021 by the Democratic Initiatives Foundation together with the Razumkov Center's sociological service showed that 32% of citizens consider Stepan Bandera's activity as a historical figure to be positive for Ukraine. According to the poll, a positive attitude prevails in the western region of Ukraine, 70%. In the central region of the state, 27% of respondents consider his activity positive. 27% consider his activity negative. 27 consider his activity positive and negative. Not sure how you can do that. Anyway, negative attitude prevails in the southern and eastern regions of Ukraine. 54% and 48% of respondents consider his activity negative for Ukraine, respectively. Here we are, his portrait there, hanging in the Euromaidan coup. There he is, proud and center. And remember in Odessa, this is where another atrocity was committed. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it um, too much, but let's just say some absolutely disgusting events took place where people lost their lives by these far-right uh, individuals. And it seems that history may well be repeating itself. So in my Telegram, um, this is a extract of a post circulating Russian media today, which I've done my best to try and corroborate and verify. The current German chancellor is the grandson of an SS general. How is it that the top functionaries of Germany are by chance, let's zoom in again for you, relatives of former functionaries of the Third Reich? Immediate information about the immediate ancestors of the current German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is difficult to find. It is neatly cleaned. Something about Olaf's parents, his grandparents, you will not even find in the German Wikipedia. Only the German press reports very sparingly that Olaf Scholz's parents are divorced and live in Hamburg. Why do they hide their family history? Well, it turns out Granddaddy was a little bit of a naughty boy. Because here in The Guardian... Ghosts of Germany's past rise as Olaf Scholz seeks strategy for Ukraine. Guilt over National Socialist crimes is affecting Berlin's approach to Moscow, with the equivocation has frustrated its allies. That's an interesting background there, isn't it? Look at that red and black. We saw that, didn't we? Hmm, the far right, guys. Um, but, you know, that's just Olaf Scholz. You know, let's look at... Uh, this is Gerhard... Linder and Christian Linder. Um, if you'd like to see these images close up, then you can see the link there. I'll post it in the uh, in the comments. So Gerhard Linder was a general of the Wehrmacht in Nazi Germany during World War II. He was a recipient of the Knight's Cross of the Iron Cross. No mention made of Christian. Christian Linder. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But what about if you um, if you Google, you then find so um, you then find the link between the two. Christian Linda, uh, let's let's get back into here. You see, that's that's a bit loose actually, very difficult. Maybe there's a link there. So let's move on to Donald Tusk, who's another guy, and there's pa Grandpappy Tusk in his uniform there. Now, if you just Google Donald Tusk grandfather, well, Josef Tusk pops up, and there he is in his uh, in his previous role 
Uh, Josef Tusk was the grandfather of the former Prime Minister of Poland, Donald Tusk. So, Russian propaganda, ilinyet. It does appear if you start digging, then uh, some answers, some very worrying answers. We've already got perceived um, gestures being made in the EU Parliament by people who should know damn better. Um, we've now taken a little uh, whistle-stop tour through some of their collaborators and how they've influenced Ukraine, some of their atrocities and activities, uh, how they've been funded by the US. Let me tell you this much. My grandfather would smack me so hard if I put a Ukrainian flag, if I stood with the current thing and didn't look into and research for the facts. I've stood at the cemeteries of the Normandy beaches at D-Day. I've cried in front of graves of men a little older than myself. I was 18 at the time. Men who were 19, 20, who gave their lives to defeat these... I don't know how to describe them. And I will never forgive nor forget my government for what they've done. Actually, not my government. The West, the Allies, in their hatred of Russia, supporting these Banderites. So, no, I, I can't be too impartial. Sorry, I'll see you in the next one.